This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time to talk pitching with the pitching guru, Scott Emerson. Chris Townsend sits down with the A's pitching coach exclusively on A's cast. Outside corner, ring him up. And Eaton can't believe it. Perfect pitch right on the black. Here's Chris Townsend. Scott Emerson, you're just you're you're set you're so hard to get. Calling his agent to try and get him on the show is so hard to do. So uh, we're thankful just to have you today to lead off. Yeah, I'm so hard to get. I just take any open time slot, right? I I got to think you probably never in your career were a leadoff hitter. No, not, not at all. Never a hitter. Let's get that one straight. I In basketball, in your illustrious basketball career, I don't think you were a point guard. Oh, I was a point guard. I can tell you that one. You're a point forward? Uh, I did a little bit of everything. You could handle the rock back oh, in the yeah. day? Oh, yeah. All right, so one of the things that we love to get into with pitching with you is about the business of pitching, and we talk a lot about the science, the art of pitching. Yesterday, Eno Saris said something that I hadn't thought about, and velocity has been such a big thing that's changed in our game, and he talked about that maybe the pitch clock that makes guys work faster, have to throw the ball faster to home plate. They have less time to, all right, gear up, throwing it as hard as I can. You got to get the ball and go, get the ball and go, especially for starters. Do you think the pitch clock would keep people from this, everybody's just trying to throw as hard as they can? You know, I I really haven't dove too much into this uh, pitch clock, but, uh, you know, the headset that our guys are wearing, I think guys are working at a faster pace in the big leagues with the uh, pitch com that everybody's using. Uh, he brings up a valid point that, that uh, you know, the guys are, are, are making pitches faster and maybe running out of gas a little bit faster and not having the time to uh, take a breather in between pitches. So it, it's something that uh, should be uh, looked into for sure. Well, because you got to think when you were growing up learning how to pitch they didn't want you coming out of the gate throwing every pitch as hard as you can because they want you to sustain and be able to go longer in the game you up your velo when you need it but you don't do it on every pitch well we we never really talked about velocity there was no uh radar gun tools measuring us in you know junior high or measuring anything we did really in high school unless a scout showed up now you got these radar guns that these parents can go out and buy, and, and everybody's looking for that velocity, which, you know, useful velocity is very important at ultimate levels. But, you know, I go back to, you know, being able to pitch. At the end of the day, can you pitch with what you have? You know, you, you can come up to the major leagues, and you can throw it as hard as you can, and that doesn't make you a good pitcher. So the guys that are great pitchers in this game, also know how to throw strikes and they know how to do what it's called pitching and they just happen a lot of them to have plus velocity we talk so much about velocity is it a little overrated since we're having more breaking balls thrown than fastballs so all the talk about velocity but they're not going to it well in reality what's going on is everybody's trained in their arm to, uh, for arm speed 
and, and for them to be able to throw something hard. If you throw a breaking ball harder, it's going to be better than a breaking ball that's softer. So what happens sometimes is guys, uh, they, they train themselves to throw something hard, which in return makes their breaking ball that much harder and later to hit. And uh, sometimes, you know, an overthrow per se could lead to uh, less fastball command, but they have the ability to spin a breaking ball inside the strike zone. So, you know, I always preach, you know, and, and talk to guys about if you're unwilling to throw your fastball, it's not because you're afraid of it getting hit. It's because you're not sure of where it's going. One thing that I see down here as we're doing the show Ace Cast Live from the field, which is so special, only, only show on Major League Baseball done from the field, is I notice you'll actually have relievers who will go down before the game, like right now, right? It'll be 4 o'clock, and they'll actually heat up and get on the mound, and you guys will use your technology, and you'll see what they're doing, and they'll throw some pitches. And I just go, wow, that's so different. We would have never done that. And as someone who was a career reliever in college, I would never before the game get on the mound and throw pitches knowing that there was a chance that I could be throwing like three hours later. When did you guys decide to be able to heat up a guy before a game to work on some stuff knowing that it's going to be hours before he pitches again? Well, you know, I came into this organization in uh, 2003 and uh, Ron Romanek was the pitching coordinator and Rick Peterson was the pitching coach. And they talked about command being the number one priority, being able to control the baseball. So if you look what hitters do each and every day, they go in the cage and get their reps in and they, they swing, the, swing the bat off, off the, off the, or in the cage, off the machine, off the tee, and then they come outside for batting practice. What are pitchers doing to keep themselves ready to throw strikes in games so you know we try to keep them anywhere between 8 to 15 pitches it's generally you know the pitcher has had an off day or two and then we get them up on the mound if we're working on a pitch uh, you know they'll throw some flat grounds and then our guys will come up and throw a few pitches so it's not like we're we're asking them to throw a full out bullpen we're just getting them up on the mound getting a touch and feel per se is what we kind of call it some of the guys we move the catcher up getting the slope underneath them learning to drive the ball to the bottom of the strike zone or you know throwing to the top of the strike zone so I think it's important that pitchers do in practice what they're doing in the game right so if you're just not getting off that mound enough in your practice sessions you know how are you going to be in games yeah, and then I think about the timing. You do it when they get here, but what would, in your opinion, in a perfect world, like you can have these guys here at 9 in the morning, right? Because we see in the NBA, we see in the NHL, they have what's called morning skate or morning shoot-around. They'll skate for their legs, or in the NBA, they get you going. Even though you're now not tipping off well till 7.30, 7.45, what do you think ideally for the arm for players, would it be to have them do something like that? Is it 4 o'clock for a 640 start? Would it be noon and then they have a whole lot of rest? What would the optimum time be? No, I, I think 4 o'clock is, is, is good. You know, uh, one, you also have to remember we're not quite getting to max effort on those certain days, but we're working on some touch and feel and uh, the ability to, you know, I always believe if you can't really throw it slow inside the strike zone, how are you going to throw it hard at max effort? So if you can develop some touch and feel uh, playing catch or even throwing a light bullpen, I think it's more it's beneficial for you for when you get into the games. As you gear it up, 
you can uh, command your baseball. So, you know, there, the unfortunate thing is there's not really any studies out there that can, can prove this or any studies that can't prove it. So we're just kind of going on our, our what we've done here in this organization for 20 years, and that's, you know, when a guy needs to get off the mound for a little bit of touch and feel, we get him off the mound and, uh, you know, work on moving his baseball around. So Paul Blackburn going to be going tonight for the athletics, and when I think about the secret sauce for him and what he's been doing, it's one of two things. Is it his work on TrackMan and what you're getting with the data, or is it pizza? Because oh, he says he has pizza, and that's the thing he's got to eat the night before. It's lucky pizza. What's more important, data or the magic pizza? Man, you know, uh, good for Paul Blackburn because I, I ate pizza the night before, and I was terrible. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, you know I'm, I'm so glad that Paul's having a good one with pizza. But, you know, you know, like I said, incorporating data into your everyday use. But you know what? I've, I've always been a big component of, you know, players are creating the data. The track man is just giving us uh, extra feedback on what the ball is actually doing. Even if his ball doesn't measure up to some other elite type pitchers in the big leagues, we can still take that data and understand where to start it, where to move it. And, uh, you know, hopefully what counts we're throwing it in by looking at the hitters data. So, you know, TrackMan's and, and StatCast and, and all the data is a big part of what we do, but also the players having the ability to uh, execute those pitches is even a, a, a bigger part. What happened to Hawkeye, which was the techni- technology they use, they still to this day use in tennis, that was supposed to replace TrackMan, but I don't think it has. What happened to it? Uh, I, I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but I think Hawkeye is integrated into the stat cast with the cameras. Okay. Um, uh, you know, for me, I, I'm just getting the, uh, the you know, stat cast Hawkeye information and uh, TrackMan information and blending it all into to one big pile of information, and, and we're all sorting it out what's best for each guy. So when you have this pile of information, like all information, we're going to look at some of it that we really value, and then some of it we're like, eh, I'm not so sure about. So when you look at that, what are the things that you look at, whether it's for a starter, reliever, righty, lefty, velo guy, not velo guy? I mean, other than getting outs, what is the thing that you look at that you say that – Maybe your top or your top three things that you look at data-wise go, that's so important. Well, I'm always looking at horizontal and vertical release. Where is, is he consistent in his release point with all his pitches? You don't want you know, a guy throwing a breaking ball from a lower slot and throwing his fastball from a higher slot. I'm looking at spin rate to see you know, if, if he starts losing RPMs on a pitch, maybe he's tiring out at certain points. That's one thing we get on the uh, iPads during the game. You can look at the spin rates and uh, determine, you know, is he losing losing his spin or, or maybe even gaining his spin every now and then? Is he getting stronger? Uh, obviously, you're looking at, uh, you know, uh, pitches in the side to strike zone. Can he get swing and misses in the zone? Does he have to go outside to strike zone to get swing and misses? Where does he move his fastball best? You know, where does his horizontal movement and his vertical movement play? You know, a lot of sinker ballers are 17 inches of horizontal movement. So that's like starting it at one corner of the plate and the ball running all the way back to the other corner of the plate. So you kind of start understanding, when you start understanding these numbers, you start being able to, you know, help pitchers where they can start pitches and where they can end up. 
are you able to fight for one of your guys on the mound with the numbers when you you know it could be hey we've called to the bullpen but you're looking at a Blackburn like in Boston or you're looking at a Frankie Montas you can say hey the numbers say he's as strong or getting stronger are you able to use the numbers to fight for your guys while they're out there because it just seems like everybody wants everybody's got a quick hook these days well I think you know the numbers are are never in the starters favor third time through the lineup and uh, the scoreboard will dictate that. Uh, the, the numbers of him third time through the lineup will dictate that. I think it, you know, you're, you're dealing with a slippery slope because if you got a, a rested reliever who's one of your better options and you're, you're in the third time through and that starter uh, is getting through the third time, you want him to get through the third time. But if it's a close game and you got somebody well rested down there and your starter's giving up a couple runs, I think it's time to go to the bullpen. But if your starter and the scoreboard dictate that he can go fully through the third time and maybe even a fourth time, then you run that. So the scoreboard has a lot to do with the decision-making and then the ability of what the pitcher's actually doing that day as well. You know, when you think about your pitchers right now, you know, there's teaching versus ma maintaining what, you know, we're middle of the season. We're in, we're, we're, yeah, what is the date today? The 21st, 22nd? Yeah, we're past the middle of June. We're, we're, getting, we're, we're about to be in July. We're mid-season. So tell us the difference between teaching versus maintaining. Well, maintaining, you're just really not given viable options to, you know, a process. So for me, I'm, I always feel like I'm teaching and wanting guys to take their game to a little bit higher level. But the mental concentration is very important. You know, we got a lot of guys with uh, little experience in the big leagues, and they have to understand that that command is very important because once we start playing our division over and over and over again, and those hitters keep seeing you, they know what you're trying to do. You know what they're trying to do. They know what you know, you know what everybody's trying to do. But if you execute those pitches to those hitters, you know, the likely outcome will be in your favor. So. A lot of it is just teaching these guys that that command will pay off. You know, I made a lot last night of Jonah Bride's third at-bat where it was a 13-pitch at-bat, and Marco Gonzalez was cruising. And all of a sudden, here's Jonah Bride fouling it off, fouling off, looking to pitch, fouling it off. 13 pitches. Gonzalez wasn't the same after that. What is it when a guy – has an at-bat like that later in the game versus a starting pitching. What does that do, that starting pitcher? Well, as you know, it's a grind out there as a starting pitcher. And when that guy keeps fouling all balls off, you're thinking, man, just put one in play. And Jonah did a great job and got that base hit to left field. And, uh, you know, it shouldn't affect some guy's confidence, but every now and then it, it can get in your dome a little bit. But, uh, you know, he did a great job of battling them and getting his pitch count up, and then uh, we ended up scoring two runs off him. Yeah, no, it definitely works. How uh, Tommy Malone, what do you got for me on Tommy Malone as he's making his way to the former A now with the Seattle Mariners? Oh, crafty lefty, you know. He's, he's, that, he's that crafty lefty who's, who, you know, he, he's sustainable because he pitches. He throws strikes. He moves his baseball around. He's a great competitor, and I can't say enough about Tommy. Been in the game now a long time. Been in the game a long time. Yeah, there he is, Tommy yeah. Malone, bringing him in. So it's like he he's he's got he's got the equalizer. You know, when you know, I always talk about our our famous saying: if if hitting is timing, pitching is disruption of timing. And Tommy has done that over his career, 
and when you can locate a heater and disrupt hitter's timing, you're going to be in this game a long time. You're like the warm-up act. I'm the warm-up act for Tommy. <laughs> well, thank you very much. We always appreciate it. Thanks for having and me. And we'll talk to you next homestand. Sounds good. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.